Hey, Redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Adrienne, and we're so excited to be back. We took a couple-week break, so this is cool Mm -hmm. to be back. We have basically an urgent podcast episode about a recent... Steph, it's pretty scary, I think. It's like... Yeah, it's about sunscreens and how... Mm -hmm. So, Valisher a lab and online pharmacy that regularly tests consumer products explains that it's analyzed 294 batches of sunscreen and after sun care products from 69 brands and benzene was detected in 78. So over a quarter of those batches and 14 of them contain more than the FDA's limit of two parts per per million. So we'll get into that, but more. Um, But yeah, it's really scary when we saw that headline the other day. Yeah, really scary because a lot of the brands are brands that we're really familiar with. Yeah, like Neutrogena, Neutrogena. Aveeno, um, even some of the Sunbum products that we love. Um, Really surprising stuff. So on howtobearedhead.com a few days ago, we posted about this. So if you're interested in it, go to howtobearedhead.com. We're going to be putting the links in the podcast notes. But we listed every single product that has this chemical in it and not to use it. Now, the cool part is if you scroll to the bottom of the article, um, you can actually if you're worried about your particular sunscreen, say you have that brand, you have that product, you're worried about something having this chemical in it. What's cool is the lab Valisher Labs you can actually send a sample of your sunscreen to them. And we have a link in the article about how to send the send your product to them, which I think is really cool because that's really cool. It gives a lot of people peace of mind, yeah, peace of mind knowing that they did the right thing. And these this lab wants to test products. So it's really cool to to really see that this lab is doing that. And the same article, which we will also put in the podcast notes, we put um, some of the products that are recommended. So the products that you can use, we have four links that you can shop on Amazon. So you can, you know, know that these products were tested by this lab and a okay to use this summer. So really cool stuff. We're going to do everything, put everything in the podcast notes, like I said, so that you can know exactly. But today's guest is going to be talking with us about more about how they did the study more about are is this something to be worried about I mean I think the urgency of this podcast is so that redheads number one know what to use and number two do not stop wearing sunscreen right yeah you don't want to be scared when you apply sunscreen thinking can I trust this brand is this product doing what it's supposed to do you never want to be applying sunscreen and then think, oh my God, could this have something in the ingredients that could potentially cause cancer? I mean, that's frightening in itself because then then without- You're actually putting it on to prevent cancer. (laughs) Right, right. I know. That's why it's, yeah. yeah, And you want to be able to trust it. And I went on the, right when that study came out and our article went live, I took a tally of like all of my sunscreens that I own. And thankfully none were on 
the bad list. You know what's amazing too is all of the brands that have been in an H2 bar box, I said, I am so thankful that those are the brands that we use because none of those brands are on the list of bad stuff. Right. So that made and me if, feel really good that those are the products we've been using. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And I think a lot of them were that you can pick up at the drugstore. So I don't know if that has yeah. anything to do with it. But I, then, I, then I think I saw something though, Elta MD was on it and they're pretty reputable brand that is pretty expensive if you think about you know their their cost for some of their products so yeah I mean and it's not everything like it's not every single product like when we say Neutrogena and Aveeno no on the on the art of one skew two skews yeah. yeah so like um what's interesting is it and this is all in the article is there might be like five Neutrogena products. I don't know if it's five. It could be more or less than five of Neutrogena. But then on the list of good products, there are some Neutrogena products. products. Right. No, that's actually really important because one of um, when we were researching for the article, I saw that another news article made it seem like it was all banana boat, all Neutrogena. And there's some fantastic Neutrogena face sunscreen products out there for your body too. So yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, we're really excited to have our guest on. So she is Dr. Aram Ilias. Wanted to make sure I said that right. She has a beautiful name. Um, She focuses on adult and pediatric medical dermatology, cosmetic dermatology, and skin cancer prevention and treatment. She's practiced dermatology in the Philadelphia, Boston area for 15 years and served as assistant professor of dermatology at Drexel University College of Medicine and the system chief for dermatology of the mainline health hospital systems. Um, she is the a fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology. She's also served with the American Academy of Dermatology, AAD, um, as a state advocacy leader. And she's visited Capitol Hill with them to advocate for restrictions on tanning bed usage for pediatric patients, increased research funding for rare diseases, and increased access to pharmaceuticals at affordable prices for patients. Um, She's also recently worked with local state leaders to successfully push for legislation permitting students in the state of Pennsylvania to apply sunscreen in school without a doctor's note. and Love that, right? I know. And she's the founder of Amber Noon, which is a contemporary clothing line that protects skin from the sun's harmful UV rays. And she that's really awesome in itself because we love U, UPF clothing. Um, and we've talked a lot about that on How to Be a Redhead. But she designs a, also designs a diffusion line for QVC um, and... Yeah, so we're just really excited. She, um, We're so grateful for her time and to have her on to kind of give us, break down the study in itself and talk about, you know, some um, tips for if you are scared to wear sunscreen, because I know after the study came out, I was a little bit like, oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, it, it is scary. And then talking also about UPF clothing, if you've never heard of it, it's actual sunscreen in your clothing, which is amazing and it should actually be some one of your go-to um, summer essentials so let's call her up guess what redheads the h2 bar box is now offering a deluxe version of the beauty box sent out four times a year in addition to the monthly box 
you now have two options for enjoying the beauty subscription box for redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus, and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. Each and every product is redhead-friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code PODCAST to receive 20% off. Hi, Dr. Ilias. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. We're doing wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's my pleasure. So we spoke in the beginning of this podcast episode, letting our listeners know about the new study that Valisher did with the the batches of sunscreen and how um, benzene was detected in over a quarter of those batches. So can you just talk a little bit about the report? What does it mean exactly? And should we be worried as consumers? You know, it's a great study. I mean, Valisher is an interesting company. They first got my attention when they were studying hand sanitizer samples earlier in the pandemic for benzene as well, with their goal being to make sure that there's less contamination in our products. They decided to test, I think it was about 294 batches of sunscreen and after sun products to see if there was any detectable levels of benzene. And you're right, they did find well over a quarter of them did most likely as a contaminant in the manufacturing process because there was nothing really consistent, you know, across brand names or types of sunscreen. It was various ones and various brands across the board. Um, so it is definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's cause for concern, but not a reason to give up on sunscreen altogether. It's a reason to say we need to look further into this and figure out how to approach this process. So did this news surprise you as a doctor in dermatology? You know, it does, and it gets a little frustrating as as being a dermatologist. You know, we're trying our best to give patients recommendations that are meant to be safe for their health. You know, we're focused on trying to prevent skin cancer. That is our number one goal with one of our number one tools at our disposal as being sunscreen products and ways to protect your skin or treat your skin after a significant sun exposure. When you find information like this and you've been telling people to your blue in the face, please wear sunscreen, and then you find out that there's issues with sunscreen, it gets very frustrating. It really does. It gets you you in a position where you want to do what's best for your patients, but we always have to be mindful that we're relying on companies to also do what's best for patients as well. Right, right. So there really isn't a way to find benzene yourself in a product, right? It's just something that a lab has to find because it's not like you can look on the back of like the Neutrogena bottle and be like, oh, this has benzene in it, right? That's exactly, I mean, that's what makes it so frustrating. You can't even legitimately (laughs) say, let me just look for benzene on the ingredient label. They're not going to list that. They don't probably (laughs) even know truthfully that it's there, um, only because it's not even something that we can say is across a particular variety of sunscreen. Like, for example, they, you know, tested uh, drugstore brand X's sunscreen SPF of 30 and found it in there. They can't even say the next bottle has it in there because it could very well be from a particular batch. We just don't know enough information. But hmm. hats off to this company for really testing products. When I looked into them further, they're even asking companies that if they submit their sunscreen, they'll test it free of charge just so that you can tell consumers better what's in your product just so that there's a little bit more sort of transparency in this process too but yeah there's no way to tell wow that is so i know i'm i'm actually blown away at their due diligence and their 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. Um, so would you recommend, what would you recommend for like your top one to two sunscreen brands or products that you love? Oh, that's a, a, always a great question. Probably my number one question, because it's funny, patients will say to me, just tell me what to buy. You know, right. they, yeah. complicated. <laughs> they, don't tell me, you know, this or that. Just say, what exactly should I go out and get? So I, you know, I've actually done a huge study a few years ago with um, some research interns where we had them go to all these stores to figure out how to better navigate products and what's out there. The one word I consistently found on all of the sunscreens that were mineral-based sunscreens, you know, ones that have zinc and or titanium as their active ingredients, which is my preference because those are the two ingredients that the FDA has consistently graded as generally recognized as safe and effective. So they're not in that chemical sunscreen category. They're in the physical sunscreen category. The one word on every label that seemed to be the most consistently there was the word babies. It seemed as if mm. companies very consistently put babies on a label, regardless of brand name, if they were purely zinc and or titanium. We couldn't even just trust kids because a lot of kids' sunscreens have chem chemical sunscreen ingredients. Um, so only the word babies seemed to be consistently found with mineral-based ones. And then the Ballashore study, there was only one out of the... 78 that had the benzene in it that had the word babies in it. So I still think it's a pretty good predictor um, that you probably hmm. have a better product than not um, with still more to be told on the story of the benzene. But at least there was only one out of that whole batch that found benzene that had the word babies on the label still. Yeah, that's so interesting. Stephanie and I actually always say, if it says baby on it, even for shampoo or anything, it's kind of like a go-to because you can kind of know it's going to be kind of cleaner than anything else, especially if you're traveling. Oh, it's so true. And I just think companies are very careful not to mess with babies. You know, they feel like yeah. they're going to do something. Let's not mess with babies at all because this is not somewhere they want to enter into either, not knowing long-term safety data as well. But I think babies is just such a good word. And yes, adults can use baby products. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I love adult. I mean, I love baby sunscreen. I mean, it goes, I think a lot of consumers probably aren't used to the fact that it does leave a white cast, you know, on your skin, but then you know that the product's there and it's doing the job. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. And, you know, if you do find that's the case, it doesn't hurt to, if you have a concealer that you like in terms of a pigment, mix it in with your baby sunscreen. And that way you get a little pigment into your sunscreen. And when you apply it, you won't have that harsh white cast. You'll get a little bit of a pigmented residue just so that it doesn't look so obvious on your skin. It's kind of a quick way to kind of add a little hint of tint to your product just to make it more cosmetically elegant to apply. Oh, that's a great tip. That is a really great tip. So, do you, you know, speaking because you are a professional and a doctor, do you do you wear sunscreen every single day and reapply it every single day? That is a great question. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely wear it every single day on my face, my chest, my hands and my forearms. I can't mm -hmm. say I wear it from head to toe, but that's where I tend to focus on that sun protective clothing part of the equation, because I just feel like sunscreen is one aspect to what we should be doing. I don't even want my kids necessarily to douse themselves in sunscreen from head to toe, not knowing about absorption and how it washes off and vitamin D and all those things that everyone worries about. I'm a parent just as much as I am a doctor. I think of it as I want them to protect their skin, but I also don't want it to be the only tool in their toolbox to protect themselves from skin cancer. It's just one of several that they can resort to. 
Mm. Yeah. And redheads are said to have melanoma more than any other hair color because of our gene, the MC1R. And we've written about this. We've had doctors on our podcast in past episodes. Um, And it's even without sun exposure that you're at a higher risk for melanoma. So can you talk to us a little bit? What do you know about these facts about our gene maybe? Oh, you know, the MC1R gene is a very important gene. You know, it's the gene that regulates or is associated with variations in our skin and our hair color, essentially. Um, it's the one that regulates the pigment that's produced, whether you're getting eumelanin, which is the one that gives you that tendency to tan easier than you burn. And if that uh, gene is blocked or just not activated, you'll get a type of pigment called theomelanin, which is the one associated with red hair, freckles, lighter skin types. And again, less of that pigment that protects you naturally from the sun's UV rays, which of course can put you at risk, an increased risk of melanoma, independently of whether or not there's also another variation of the gene that even people that do tend to tan can have, that can sometimes also put them at a higher risk for skin cancer outside of the UV exposure. So it's a tricky gene to talk about because it can do a lot of different activities in the cells. Wow, yeah, I think it just shows, I mean... You have, we have to all wear sunscreen on a daily basis and reapply yeah. every two hours. I think the reapplying is really key. Wouldn't you agree? Because I think a lot of people forget to reapply sunscreen. Well, you know, the reapplication is the part that gets people kind of confused. You know, you put it on and you know you have to reapply it, but you're never quite sure if it's off. You know, you can you yeah. have residue or, you know, the water beads up on your skin. So you think maybe it's still there, but it's never quite clear if it's still active or not active. You know, the physical sunscreens, zinc or titanium ones are like a shield. So you put them on and they're, they're there. But, you know, the chemical ones are more like a sponge. So they're absorbing UV. But if they get to maximal absorption of UV, the rest of it doesn't get absorbed. You know, it just kind of spills over to the skin. And that's where you really want to reapply it because you need to add in coverage. But it gets a little confusing because there's no real gauge. There's nothing that you can look at on your skin other than potentially, you know, an actual burn developing or extra pigment developing that tells you when it's time. And that's why a timer is sometimes the best way to go about it. You know, you set a timer and say, I need to reapply it if I'm still outside. Right, right. And you know what else is confusing is a lot of people think SPF 30 is drastically different than SPF 100. And really, it's all of, it's really there. I I think a lot of people, yeah, because that is so important. It's really about the reapplication timing. That's what the 30 and the 100, like, or the 75 and 50, that's where they come from, right? In terms of having to reapply, but there really isn't a big difference. You're absolutely right. There, it's about the timing, how much how much protection you're getting out of that product for that window of time. But also, it relies on how well you're applying it. You know how how what kind of layer of sunscreen are you applying? There's a lot of studies out there that suggest that if you apply an SPF of say 100, um, you're not really necessarily getting an SPF of 100 unless you're applying a generous amount. You know, you're probably getting an effective SPF a lot lower if you're putting it on as a very thin layer or barely seeing it on your skin. So there's a lot of issues where people just don't, aren't getting what they think out of their products. And a lot of studies have shown that sometimes the higher the SPF that you wear, some of those people are at a higher risk for sunburns only because they're getting a false sense of security and not necessarily reapplying it the way they should, thinking that it's such a high number they don't need to. 
Um, but they're getting that sort of misunderstanding that comes into play that, that we always worry about. Right. And what's your thoughts on spray sunscreen? Because there's so much out there that's saying not to use spray sunscreen because it doesn't effectively protect you because you're, you know, you're not directly putting it on your skin like a lotion. Well, you know, it's interesting. If you've ever applied a, a spray sunscreen and you, you've applied, you spray it on and you'll actually see a, a layer that kind of dries onto your skin and almost mm-hmm. looks a little kind of waxy. You know, you almost know that it's there. So there's, it all depends. You know, when you apply a spray sunscreen, it's all in how and where you apply it. If you're applying it where there's an ocean breeze and you're about a foot away from your skin spraying it on, there's a good chance that that breeze is carrying that sunscreen well away from your skin before ever it hits your skin. So you definitely need to be up closer or away from any kind of breeze, breezes that can take the sunscreen away from your skin. The one big benefit to spray on sunscreens, though, is if you do apply them correctly and appropriately, where you're applying it, you know, close enough that you get that average, the even coverage, a lot of people will get a better, even more even coverage of sunscreen only because they can see where it's applied and not rely on their hands to distribute it. And they can get it onto hard-to-reach areas like the backs of their thighs, their shoulders, the upper mid-back, where they just can't quite reach with their hands if they don't have anyone there to help them out. But the key is all in how and when you apply it and making sure that it's not carried away from your skin in a breeze as well. With the only other caveat is that um, spray-on sunscreens very rarely have mineral sunscreen ingredients or physical ones like zinc or titanium only because of a practical Mm. reason. The molecules are too big and they clog the nozzle. They just can't get them out of them. So they often will have the chemical sunscreen primarily in the spray-on version. Okay, it's so so funny you just um, mentioned that. I just bought a zinc oxide spray bottle and it's all clogged uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they say they have a high return rate with with mineral-based sunscreen people want it they they really want to have it and companies are eager to try to do it they just find that it clogs so quickly they just can't seem to keep it on the shelf enough for the consumer to enjoy the product long enough <laughs> yeah and i think you know you want to look for zinc oxide, right? That's like the health, yeah. that's the best ingredient to look for in sunscreen. So yeah, I saw it. I was at Target and it's all clogged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even use it, but I tried. I mean, and tried. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it is nice to just spray and go, especially if you're in a rush, but hopefully maybe I can try to unclog it. But so if someone's listening and we talked about ingredients, I just, we just mentioned zinc oxide. So when you're reaching for sunscreen at your local drugstore or wherever you buy sunscreen or online, are you looking for zinc oxide as the main ingredient? That, that tends to be my preference. You know, okay. I tend to tell people don't shop by the front of the label, shop by the ingredient label. Look right. for the active ingredients and look for zinc uh, on that label so that you know that that's what you're getting. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And then we have to ask about or talk about briefly about UPF clothing. And we would love to know more about your line, Amber Nude, um, and for anyone listening who may not know about UPF clothing. Yeah, UPS clothing, I think, is one of the most important aspects to your sun protective plan because if worn correctly, you'll get 90% of your body covered by clothing instead of products. So 
So that way you can focus on just using products on those exposed areas and not have to worry so much about what's in your sunscreen then. Because the worries about sunscreen are the absorption and the volume that you're wearing. Again, if clothing is there to protect you, you don't have to worry as much. With UPS being a little bit better of a measuring scale because it tells you how much UVA and UVB you're getting protected from your skin because that rating scale includes both values. So we love that. That that way you get the full picture and not just how much UVB is being blocked, which is the only value that SPF tells you about. Mm. Yeah. I think we have to buy more it's UPF so clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was so important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and talking all about the study and sunscreens. And we just, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And we're, we love talking about sun safety. It's really important, I especially know. as we, we get about it all the time. Yeah. Especially as we get into <laughs> the summer months. No, I love what you guys are doing. It's such an important thing for people to have a sort of a platform to talk about, but also to be able to look to for answers because you're asking all the right questions. Thank you so much. We thank you so much and um, hope you have a great day. Oh, you too, guys. Have a great evening. Thank okay, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Guess what, Redheads? The H2 Bar Box is now offering a deluxe version of the Beauty Box sent out four times a year in addition to the monthly box. You now have two options for enjoying the Beauty subscription box for Redheads. The monthly box is worth $80 plus and the deluxe quarterly box is worth $250 plus. Each and every product is Redhead Friendly approved. Head to h2barbox.com to subscribe and use code PODCAST to receive 20% off. Well, that's why my sunscreen is clogged. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I was wondering why and I was so excited because I never see it's exactly what um, Dr. Ilias was talking about. I've never seen a sunscreen with zinc oxide in a spray format so I bought it really excited now it's all clogged but anyway really you know I learned so much um I took away so much from what she said when it came to the study and just keep trusting sunscreen guys who's ever if you guys are listening redheads or not redheads um we all have to wear sunscreen and it's just really important and look out for those baby you know the the keywords baby and spf is the same as 30 versus 100. I know, I know. And I I feel like we have been telling our audience this for so long because when I when we found out, I remember we posted about it. I remember the post. We should actually put yeah. it in the podcast notes. 2015, we put in the we we, we they actually came out like the FDA came out and was like SPF 30. I remember. is the golden standard for for yeah. sunscreen and I remember reading it and being like how is that possible I mean I want like you I want 75 100 yeah yeah and then now it makes sense that basically the 30 50 100 is just really marketing and just a benchmark of when you should be reapplying but if you're reapplying mm-hmm. then 30 is no different than 100 that's why when we include products in our how to be a, in our h2 bar box yeah and their spf 30s we always get called out by a few redhead subscribers saying i don't know why it's not higher so you guys heard it from a doctor herself so um (laughs) yeah and just i know we're just kidding but seriously no yeah i know (laughs) and just the same you know studies like this will come out like the one that valisher did and 
again, if you want to submit your sunscreen to them, we'll include that in the podcast notes, but it's in our latest article on how to be a redhead.com. But still keep trusting sunscreens. I think what they're doing is exactly what she said. It is amazing. And it's great that something like them exists. Um, but I think we just have to keep trusting sunscreens and just choosing the right brands. And um, I think that's just really important in itself, too. Yeah, it's so important. Um, so, okay. So we we got to the bottom of it. So this is all very important yeah. information. What I did want to cover, stuff really quick is the summer deluxe H2 bar box ships oh, yeah. on Monday. Yeah. So <laughs> this is guys, this box is so awesome. Like I'm, I'm so excited for everyone to receive it. We increased the slots for the summer box because the spring box sold out so quick and so many people missed it. So we opened more slots for the summer box and we are so excited. It's actually almost sold out and we're really excited. I mean, it is a gigantic box. I think it's going to be one of the heaviest that we've ever sent out because there's oh, so sure. many full size items in it. And we've shared that there is a really awesome sun hat in it. So again, talking about sun safety, I think it's one of those things. Every redhead needs a really awesome, fashionable mm-hmm. day to night sun hat. I mean, you can even rock it at night, but just a really great um, universal, it's going to look good with short red hair, long red hair, sh- you know, wavy, straight, curly. We've tested it on so many different redheads and yeah. it's just an awesome sun hat. And we've never included a sun hat before. And we just have some amazing hair, skin, body, cosmetic sun- products. Can we say that there is one sunscreen? There is. There's a really good sunscreen product that's safe that you guys can use. Yeah. And speaking of safe, I wanted to mention about that sunscreen brand that's in the summer box. They actually are really um, highly rated on the EWG Skin Deep Cosmetic Database. And while while we're talking about um, ingredients and sunscreen and everything, if you never heard of EWG Skin Deep... um, it's the environmental working group. It's a nonprofit. And I don't know, Adrian, if you go on their website, but I go on their website a lot when I'm finding products for my son, Bo, just because it's one of those things where you want to make sure that you're testing, that you're using products that are safe. And mm-hmm. when you type in the product or the brand itself in the search button on their website, it will display all of the products or the product itself and then it will highlight what it's rated and you want a low number so um the sunscreen that's in our summer box I think is either a zero or a one which is amazing so um and it's kind of like they have a list that comes out every year on sunscreens to um that they approve and they do extensive studies as well. They're separate from this study that we just did, but they're, yeah, they're a one. I'm looking them up. So that's something really important for Adrian and I to make sure that we are including sunscreens that we really, um, that of course we test and try, but that we know are trusted and safe for you guys. Um, so yeah, we're yeah. really excited about that. And then, yeah, there's 10 plus full size products. Yeah. Um, There are just so many. I'm actually, I know that sounds crazy, but one of my concerns uh, 
is hoping that every box closes <laughs> because of how many products are inside. Don't worry, guys. It's going to look beautiful and everything will fit. But I was thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't have so much crinkle. I was thinking about it in my head. Um, but we think about all those details because we want it to be like perfect. Like every single box has to be perfect. And there's so many products to hook you guys up for the summer season that it's so beautiful, too. Like we have beautiful in a beautiful info card to give you like mm -hmm. all of the info on every single product. We have so many discounts, companies included really big discounts um, on yeah. their cards. We have a, one of the deepest coupons we've ever given for the finally have brows, eyebrow gel in the box. And overall, it's just such an exciting box. So it's just $67 and free shipping. And you're going to get a value of 270. I think it's 277 plus. plus. Um, I think it might be more. I think we, it I think it might be more too. But it's yeah. like it's like an incredible, it's just an incredible box. And then two weeks after two weeks from now, we'll be shipping out the July box, which that is another bananas box. Um, another yeah. really extremely heavy full size box. And then Stephanie, even August. August has a lifestyle item for redheads, and then we also have a $70 value skincare product to just one just one product inside yeah just one of the products is valued at $70 and it will it's an amazing I don't want to give too much away but it's an amazing facial skincare product that's perfect for end of summer transitioning into fall which will be in September believe it or not not like time flies so we have some really amazing boxes lined up for all of you fabulous mm -hmm. redheads so if you head to h2barbox.com you can subscribe and it's always free shipping yeah and you can use po code podcast for 20 percent off so right. want to help us spread the news about the how to be a redhead brand in this podcast give us a five-star review and tell your friends redheads and everyone else to subscribe you can listen to this podcast directly on how to be a redhead.com on apple itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with products mentioned and so much more. Rock, rock, rock like a redhead. Red